Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with actors Gavin Lawrence and David Allen Anderson about APT's 2019 production of August Wilson's Fences. We're here today talking about August Wilson's Fences, a play by August Wilson, as you might gather. And I'm uh, fortunate to have two guests with me, Gavin Lawrence, who's playing Gabriel Maxson, and a newcomer to APT, David Allen Anderson, who's playing his brother, Troy Maxson. It's the first time that APT is doing an August Wilson play, which is very exciting for all of us. And um, Brenda DeVita had mentioned that she wanted... American Players Theater to be known as doing the American classics as well as the rest of the world canon. So why is it possible that August Wilson can become part of the season this year? Well, I mean, I think it's obviously uh, an issue of APT uh, finally embracing the fact that uh, African Americans and writers of color can also create poetic, dense, classical language in August Wilson. Uh, in my opinion, is the greatest American playwright. Uh, in the 80s and most of the 90s, his plays were produced more than any other playwright in the country. Uh, and he is uh, a classical writer. He just writes from an African-American classical perspective. And this year we were able to do it because we have a, a company that can reflect the casting uh, of Fences, which I assume is entirely African-American? Yeah, well, well, I think also the, the company was created and has been evolving so that APT can have more uh, flexibility when wanting to cast plays like this. I mean, I have to say that when I first met Brenda and Carrie here at APT, my first question was, why haven't you done August Wilson? And that was three years ago. So I think they've made some progress, and I think uh, they're coming to realize that we can find classical writing in uh, writers other than um, dead white men, to be quite frank. The, uh, you mentioned that August Wilson was particularly uh, produced in the 80s and 90s. This play, of course, is from 1985. It's the sixth play in his 10-part um, Pittsburgh cycle, each one set in a different, uh, different decade in, in Pittsburgh. So what can you talk about Pittsburgh in the 1950s, which is when Fences takes place? Uh, well, for, first, this is, uh, of the 10, there's only one that's, that was set outside of Pittsburgh, and that was Marini's Black Bottom, it's set in Chicago. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, the idea of, of chronicling a, a slice of African-American life from each decade, I mean, it, it's, uh, our stories are so rich, uh, our trials and tribulations are so many, uh, that you have to try and find a way to tell a story that can encompass them. Uh, and he does it really well because he's very specific about it, which I think is the reason why uh, audiences uh, not of this particular culture can embrace it. Uh, uh, in order to, to be so specific, you have to be very honest in telling it. And once you're honest in telling it, then others outside of it can look forward and see, oh, that's me, or that's my father, or that's my uncle or my aunt or whatever. And uh, I, I think he... I think he captures that really, really well. And I, th I think it's a story that, that your audience is really going to uh, uh, really embrace. Yeah, I think specificity breeds honesty, which breeds universality. Mm -hmm. And in August's plays, you can smell the place. You can, you can feel the people. Uh, he's so specific and at the same time, 
poetic in a way that I feel uh, instead of alienating people who may not be a part of that culture, mm-hmm. it, it, it pulls them in because we're speaking a, a larger language other than everyday uh, vernacular. And, and the culture of, of Pittsburgh was so rich at the time. Um, uh, I mean, you, you've got this guy who, who's, a, who's a garbage man, but outside of, of who he is and what he does, it was such a rich culture um, of art, literature, uh, uh, um, uh, progression in the city. And uh, uh, to have a situation where this guy, as you'll find out, who's bitter about his lost opportunity to play baseball. Um, and it also, it speaks to, to the effects of, of that loss, not just for him, but for the culture. Because once, once the integration happened, it began to deteriorate African-American cultures and neighborhoods all around the country because the dollars they were spending towards Negro League Baseball began to go towards Major League Baseball, and they weren't going directly into the community. So when you talk about uh, uh, the effects of the, on the community or talk about uh, uh, his purpose in that, you know, it, I think it's a microcosm for those sorts of things. Um, and a, a lot of people don't know uh, a lot about Pittsburgh, you know, and he, he kind of slices out something that we can all go, wow, this is a, a re- really, really interesting. And there's some baseball history that, that might be useful background, too, that you just alluded to. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Can you tell us about that? Well, um, uh, you know, uh, Jackie Robinson integrated in uh, 47. Um, and as I stated, what, what people don't know, a lot of people don't know, they talk about the beauty and they celebrate, finally, America's pastime, the great white American game being integrated. But what it did was it, it took a lot of money. It took a lot of, a lot of things out of the black community because, I mean, you could go to Crawford's Grill, which was a, a, a very real, well-respected uh, uh, jazz joint. In Pittsburgh, you could go to, to Crawford Grill and see great Negro League baseball players. You could rub shoulders with them. They were there. You could see them walking down the street. But once integration happened, those guys either went to the major leagues, and most of them didn't because they didn't have the, what was considered the proper, um, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Uh, they, they didn't have the, have the proper makeup to have to deal with what was going on. So Jackie Robinson was, was selected for that. And it wasn't to integrate baseball. It was... It was really about money. As sports often have been, I it think. It often is, yeah. yes, yes. So the title Fences uh, refers to the fence that's being built during the course of the play, but um, since it's plural, there are obviously, obviously some other fences being referred to. Do you want to talk about that, Gavin? Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, we're, we're going to talk about relationships. I think uh, the, the the primary fence that is being uh, built and at the same time uh destroyed is the fence between Corey and his father, between Troy and, and Corey, who is, who is Troy's son. And kind of that evolution of a young uh, boy becoming a man and what it means to, to uh, rebel against your father's ways, as, as tends to happen uh, in, in many families, I think. And I think that that father-son dynamic is a universal one. Um, and then I, going back to what David was saying, just um, relating fences to us as a people, I feel as though integration on a larger level, other than just baseball, was a catch-22 for our culture because we lost a lot of things that were specific uh, to us, a lot of things that unified us in a way that made our communities rich. We lost a lot of communities uh, via uh, integration. And I feel that in the act of uh, integrating 
uh, black and white culture, we created fences within ourselves and within our own communities because some of us aspired to, to assimilate more into white American culture, where others of us decided to hold on to what was more specifically ours. And so there was this fissure, there was this division that continued to take place. And I, if I dare say continues to take place today, the fences that have been built uh, within our communities, within our culture, within our families. I think it's beautiful that you, you mentioned that because uh, fences being here is the breaking down of of that sort of barrier, for, I believe, for APT, uh, th them bringing in this, this type of play. So uh, uh, the fences are still up and we're still breaking them down. And and speaking of, of barriers, I wanted to mention that both of your characters have Maxon as their last name, which was a combination of Mason and Dixon, the Mason-Dixon line that separated the slave states from the free states. And, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, being a northern state, was not a slave state. And yet, wouldn't you say that the impact of the years of slavery has carried over into the culture that we're seeing in fences? I would say yes. Um, um, Pittsburgh was a hub for transition, uh, that field to factory uh, movement, so to say, uh, from the south to the north. Pittsburgh, Detroit, uh, Chicago, uh, there were hubs for it. Um, and what happened was you cross the Mason-Dixon line and you come to the north and you find yourself in a different sort of institutionalized racism, a different sort of uh, sharecropping so to say, because the struggles that they had coming out of the fields, uh, open spaces, even though they're doing work that's back-breaking, uh, sun up to sun down, and then you move into the factories and in the housing where you no longer have the open spaces. Now you're stacked up on top of each other. Um, and the way that they were forced to labor in the early days of the factories, it was the same sort of system as sharecropping. Um, you, you know, you come in behind the eight ball and they keep you behind the eight ball. Uh, and if you deal with uh, some of his other plays, for instance, Jim of the Ocean uh, uh, deals with that, how, um, how that sort of pressure on the black, the new black culture created riots and, and, and situational uh, uh, problems. Uh, Troy talks about his journey coming up as a young man and had living under a bridge, um, thinking he's coming to freedom and coming to a world where he's got to fight even harder. Um, because now we're in the con what we call the concrete jungle. So, uh, yeah, so there is, and all of that, you know, you know, this play takes place in 1957, 58. You know, we're, what, what's that, 58? We're 80, 90 years. We're less than 100 years removed from emancipation. So it's fresh. It's fresh, and you're, you're, you've got new generations coming in, and they're trying to rewrite it. They're trying to, to change things. So um, uh, it, it, it's definitely fueled by the history and the power and the pain of slavery. It's fresh now because the legacy of slavery is far-reaching. It's 2019, and I love American Players Theater, but this is one of the top classical theaters in the country. Why did it take 40 years to do an August Wilson play? Um, th that's just one example of, of the mentality that we have to try to overcome as a people and as a country when it comes to this abomination that we still have yet to really embrace as being the reason that we're the most... Uh, powerful nation on earth. And both of you have a special relationship with doing August Wilson plays. Um, tell me what, what it is about his uh, writing that's so important to you. Um, it's, it is a poetry, it is a song, 
um, it is, it is, it, it's my song. It's uh, in, in Joe Turner's Come and Gone, uh, Harold Loomis uh, is, is told, uh, you know, they, they talk about losing your song. Uh, it's, it's my song. It's the rhythm that I speak. It's, it's the sound, the soundtrack of my youth, uh, these people and, and the way that they speak. Um, and, it's, and it's littered with stories. Uh, it's, it's one that if you just embrace it, um, if, if you follow it along, it just, it, uh, it just, it just breathes so much. And it, it's, it's just a great sound to the ear for me. It's our music. Yes. It's our music. August wrote from a musical place. Mm -hmm. And doing these plays, saying these words, it's like playing jazz, which is the only real American musical art form that was created in this country by African Americans. So to speak the words, it's like playing jazz. There's a theme and you improvise on the theme and then you come back to the theme. Everybody is integrated in this large uh, musical uh, presentation. And, and this one sort of represents a transition out of the old style, the blues, into the jazz, which is kind of a, a, a juxtaposition, uh, if you will, uh, the struggle with Troy, my character, moving forward and trying to think, have, have more forward thinking as he deals with, the, with his, uh, his kids. So, uh, yeah. We're so excited that August Wilson is finally making his debut at APT, and we hope it's the first of many to come. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. American Players Theatre Talk Backs to Go is a co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talk Backs to Go. Our theme song is called Play in the Woods and is written and performed by myself, Ben Ferris, Tyler Willenbrink, Noah Gilfillan, Elliot Gilfillan, Grant Blaschka, and Susan Hofer. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening. A co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts.